Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and our Hellraiser Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to WeirdGeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel. Every single Friday we take you through another chapter in a horror retrospective franchise. Right now we're on episode 9 of the Hellraisers. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me is Justin Macaroni Maraconda. Hi, how are you? And Katie Watson. How's that for a wake-up call? You're, it seems like sunny days now, doesn't it? <laughs> Doug Bradley's final words from last week. How long ago that feels already? When you get to Hellraiser Revelations from 2011, directed by Victor Garcia, written by Gary J. Tunnicliffe. Oh, Tunnicliffe. Uh, interesting. Uh, DP'd by David A. Armstrong, who did Saw 1 through 6 and Dead Awake and other garbage. Uh, music by Frederick Weidman, who did Return to the House on Haunted Hill, Mirrors 2, Hostel 3, Lake Placid, the final chapter. Whole bunch of films. He basically did everything to direct us. I thought we were going to start off with he did Return of the Jedi. It's like, how is that impossible? <laughs> how is that impossible? Starring Stephen Brand as Ross Craven. This guy, as you correctly identified, Justin, was not American, Scottish man. Yep. Called He's it. done uh, some Team Wolf, Helsing Ultimate, Doctors, and Casualty over there in the UK. Uh, Nick Eversman as Stephen Craven, who's done Missing, which that TV show is pretty big. Uh, an episode of CSI, an episode of Ghost Whisper, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah I can so see all this. He was in, wait, Stephen, the son, right? Yeah. Long he, was in, he was in Get Down. Yeah. Mostly way. tends to be one episode of stuff. <laughs> he can't yeah. last longer than that. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Farrowway as Emma Craven, who's been in Neighbors from Hell, uh, as well as a hologram from the king, for the king. Mm. Uh, Devon Silvari as Sarah Craven, who's been in All My Children and Gilmore Girls. Gilmore. And then we've got uh, Sebastian Roberts as Peter Bradley, who, who he's a French-Canadian dude, and lots of French-Canadian things. Sani Van Hetteren as Kate Bradley. She's German-born Spanish lady. And then Jay Gillespie as Nico Bradley and the pseudo-pinhead, who's been in such great films as 2001 Maniacs, which is actually all right, and Mega Python vs. Gatoroid. Gatoroid. And then Daniel Buren as a vagrant, uh, who's been in True Blood, Dexter, and Nashville. And Stephen Smith Collins taken over from Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Disappointed! <laughs> <laughs> Budgeted at $350,000 and released in March of 2011 to a single theater in LA. Ooh. And then later on released to DVD on 18th of October the same year. Can you year. imagine how excited those people were to go see it at this like, little cinema in LA? We're going to go see it. Hellraiser that no one's going to be able to see. And then well, there's they're a like, reason for that. Yo. <laughs> yeah. It gets a 
out of 10 <laughs> on the IMDb's. <laughs> the lowest score yet. That is crazy. And we're going to get into the interesting story because there is more to say about how this film was made, why it was made, and what happened than there is about the movie itself, to be honest. Uh, but before we do that, we're in 2011. Let's get through the landscape, Katie. We like to talk about the top 20 box office movies of that year. So weird when you start to get back to something closer to now yep because then you're like oh uh yeah i, I was that there year. when that came out and <laughs> that was not the case for number 20 which is real steel which i don't even know what that is that's the huge German one with yeah. robots well, battle bots like yeah. singing with robots yeah. the uh, alvin and the chipmunks chipwrecked well they're already on the pop already on dose. whatever on. i think <laughs> it's dose uh 18 is x-men first class oh yeah Argu- arguably the best x-men yeah, yeah. it's really good it really is captain america the first avenger oh that was good that was and look good. at where we are today we oh t'challa yeah Henry yeah. Cavill moment <laughs> that's if i was in wakanda that's where i'd be Rawr. <laughs> uh, where was i now <laughs> hello <laughs> is anyone there uh, we have The Adventures of Tintin at 16. I think you're Jimmy fine Bell. if you're an American pretentious person and you went and ordered tickets, which I stood next to someone who ordered tickets and said, to, to Tanta. Tanta. It is still fucking Tintin, even in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tintin. still Tintin. Yeah. I believe yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a Belgian person shouting at us, but. Ah, you stupid know. American UK people. I don't know <laughs> why they like it. I'm not American. Italy is yelling at us. No, I said American and UK person. Oh. His accent. No, yeah. I was accent. saying you sounded Italian. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, I don't know what they sound like in Belgium. <laughs> that. I think they sound wow. like that. Uh, 15, Thor. Uh, <laughs> one of the worst of the Avengers movies. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Is that the Mark Bauer one? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Rio. Which I don't know it's, that uh, I've ever seen. Did we see that? Yeah. No, no, we didn't really see that. I don't remember that. I remember it's about birds. This is that's way it. before our time as well, to be clear. I know, but we've watched movies together that we came have. out before we no, started. No, we only do contemporary <laughs> and Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Another Avengers movie. Yes. Robert Downey Jr. 11, Puss in Boots. Very oh, funny. This is actually my favorite Shrek movie. Really good. Donio Benderes. Uh, Cars 2. Big Money Maker. Pretty good. Not as good as Cars. Uh, the Smurfs. Mm. Don't know anything about it. Never seen it. Don't care. <laughs> the Hangover Part 2. Wow, are they still coming out at that point? Yeah. And only two at that at point. that point? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I They're forget about the Hangover like, era. working on another one. No. Probably. They've closed those doors. I don't know. I've only seen the first one. That was it. First one was good. Well, Second good. one is brr, third one is <laughs> those are the noises <laughs> for my reviews. Uh, number seven is Fast Five. I don't know what this wow. is. Oh, we're in the Renaissance. It was beginning again. What is that? Fast, Fast and Furious. Oh. It's just called Fast Five in America. See, this is why I like it when they just say the same name over and over and over well, again. Well, in England, they called it Fast and if Furious. If it doesn't have five. Furious in the title, I don't know that. They're just fast. They're not furious anymore. No, they're just they're fast. Pretty chilled. Yeah, they're just like, I'm fast, pretty happy, things are working out. Not too furious anymore. They're just slightly angry. Uh, this number is where the six. Rock first shows up, right? Fast yeah. five? Yeah. yeah. Kung Fu Panda Dos. Mm. We have a lot of doses this year. I can see that one. Lots of CGI films. It's, uh, it's films. really funny, that one. That's yeah. when like, you get to, he has like, his kids and stuff. Oh, when he meets his dad and yeah. then all the other pandas. That's always what number two is in those like okay. yeah. unlikely hero cartoon yeah. ones. It's, like, it's my family. It's my clan. It's my family. We gotta stick together and fight. 
uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That was the last one, wasn't it? That was Ghost the, Protocol. Yeah, that was the one. No, Rogue Nation came out. Yeah, yeah, this is the one with where JJ brings it back. Yep, full, full blown. Like they will, we'll do. We might one day do the Mission Impossible series, even though they're oh, not horror. Well, but they're an interesting bunch. Yeah, interesting bunch of films, all different. Uh, number four, the Twilight Saga: colon, Breaking Dawn, oh. Part One. Oh, oh. oh. This age is over. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, number three, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. This is the only yeah. one to break a, bil- a billion. Looks like. One of the billions. Number what? two, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> Second one, wasn't it? Yeah, because I remember <laughs> <into> the phone. <laughs> 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 Optimus Prime. Oh <laughs> <laughs> You sound like the commercials that I, we would watch, and we'd be like, "I want that." <laughs> oh, wait, that was number one, was it? No. Okay. No, number one is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part. Dose. There we go. Yeah. Everything is part dose. Yeah, lots it's of sequels. Dose. Dose. Lots of animated. That's the end of, that's the end of the Harry Potters. Yeah, that is the end of Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what was happening in horror landscape just in, in 2011? Oh, I just wanted to also reference the Twilight thing. Henry Cavill was up or was considered for the role of Edward, but he was too old. He wasn't in plus thirteen. But Stephanie Myers even wanted. Him oh, really? For it. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Where would he be now if he got that? He lost to. Robert Pattinson to that and the role of Cedric Diggory. What if now, mm. if you can imagine Robert yeah. Pattinson was Superman and I if, Henry, if Henry yeah. Cavill was in good time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, just, he couldn't do it. Yeah. Don't like, like, <laughs> 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 Get over it. He's dead. Gratuitous <laughs> <laughs> boobs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, horror films 2011. Apollo 18. Found, found four? Yeah, it's found footage. Oh, yeah. It's one in space and yeah. the moon about like the secret tapes. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually all right. It was one of the most big budget. I think it was the most big budget horror uh, found footage film ever made. Oh, uh, you mean besides this one? This is not found footage. <laughs> but it does have a big budget. <laughs> all right. Apartment 143. It's also a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Sounds Spanish. like pretty good. 143. Spooky. That's like a patriot code for I love you. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a little tidbit fact yeah. from so part, Yeah, The Awakening. This is a really good film with Rebecca Hall. Uh, oh, I love so Rebecca Hall. This is one of those, like, you know those, like, horror films that you would show to your mom, you know, like, that aren't really <laughs> scary? Nope. My mom showed <laughs> me horror films that, that were like, scary. Like, the others, like, Nicole Kidman, right. you know, like, films where just, like, the whole so, like, family arty. could watch it. Mm, and normally, yeah. they're either horror fan, I hate them. The Awakening's one of the films I really like. It's very good. Do you remember when we watched The Babadook with my mom? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was ten was masturbation. Uh, I know it was not fun. Bad. It's hard to enjoy films when you watch it with your parents. Just sometimes. watch Mama. <laughs> Depending on mother. your parents, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> just, I watch, am not. just watch Mama with your Mama. No, I hate Mama. They're just making Mama too right now. But anyway, continue. Okay. Final Destination Five. This is, ooh, I think ooh. this was the last one that there has yeah. been. Uh, this was a series that we were going to be doing this year. We might still, but I think we're replacing it with Predators later. But we'll, mm. we'll get to it. Uh, Hostels, uh, Hostel colon part three. So we're just at the end of the torture porn era then. So we've mm. segued mm-hmm. out of that. And we're going in more into the found footage from sound. We're riding segues. The Human Centipede 2. Well, uh, parentheses, full sequence. Bad film. Uh, I Very hate bad these film. Films They're so all terrible. Much. Yeah. 
The Innkeepers. Yeah. This Golden is from Ty West. He's a nice director. Really nice guy. I've met him a oh. couple of times. Paranormal Activity 3. There nice. we go. Spooky and found footage. Yeah. Mm. Scream 4. Okay, well, that was a weird slasher. <laughs> and, like, they just tried to get... It didn't make as much money as they wanted it to, sadly, which is why then it went on to be a TV show rather than continuing. It was meant to be a new trilogy, 4, 5, and 6, and mm. didn't happen. Mm. Very good. Sad, though, because I like those movies, and we are actually dealing with them straight away after this. We'll be going into the Scream series. Scream. If you need anything. Yeah, Lance Henriksen. Shark Knight 3D. Gotta no, have a shot movie every now and then. It's terrible. Always scary though, sharks. Yeah. That's the thing. Nice. The remake. remake. Yeah, with, I was like, um, what? This is the remake, which is basically it's meant to be a prequel and a remake at the same time. Um, and it's with what's her name? Uh, I love her, Ramona Flowers. Oh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, Thank you, Mary yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Winstead. Um, it's, it's 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 all actually fine. It's, it's just like right. why bother doing it because the new yeah. the original so good. Well. The remake in the 80s is so good of the original. If from everyone the followed your philosophy, I don't know that we would be here discussing Hellraiser right now. What do you, oh, why bother when yeah. the original is like yeah. Well, hmm. The Tunnel. This is found footage from Australia, I think. Pretty good. Australia. 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 Australia beer. <laughs> you're next. Uh, uh, no, The Tunnel. Like, I already said it. You're next. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that is Adam, uh, what's his Scott. name? Winger? Oh, he's the guy. Adam Driver. <laughs> he's an English director. Sa- I don't really like Sa- him. Adam Sandler. Uh, yes, it was Adam Sandler. English guy, English director. Yeah. Little known one. Looks good English. So we're definitely like, yeah, we're moving out of the snuff uh, stuff and all the torture porn. We are moving into spookies and found footage. Yeah. That's out what's happening. Paranormal. And into the fluff. So it could be a potentially good time to do another Hellraiser movie. It's been six years. Is that right? Since the last one? A whole six years? Yeah, 94. Nearly five years. Oh, yeah. Was it 94? Yeah. The last one? Yeah, why not? Why not? That was 2005. Oh, yeah, 2005. So there you go. That's been six years. Oh, the one before. Um, Since the last one. So how did this movie get made? So I have a few things to say. You ready for this? No. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of knowledges. Wait, is this a B or an A? (laughs) Sadly, no. Uh, in 2007, two years after Hellworld came out, word began going round of a remake. So they were ready to do what I asked for in the last podcast, which is let's reboot this thing, do something new. I thought you meant a remake of Hellworld. And I was like, no, what? They were, kind of, they were like, it's been that two years, guys. Terrible let's idea. Remake Hellworld. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, can only wish. Uh, Clive Barker was going to be involved. He went to Dimension and said, I want to be involved with this. Uh, but lots of names were attached. Loads and loads of names. And I can't even be bothered to go through how many there were. Because there were so many. Different directors. It was the top five. Writers. Well, here's the biggest ones that stuck. So the yeah. one that was definitely involved for a while is a guy called Pascal Laugier. And he's a French... Uh, I think he's French. Might be Belgium. I think he's French. Filmmaker uh, who did the 2008 Martyrs film. Oh. Now, Martyrs is... If anybody's seen it, it's one of the most upsetting films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you don't like that one. No, my friend Tom... We got we were lucky enough to see it at the festival about a year before it came out, like two thousand seven. And my friend Tom was crazy into it. It's one of his favorite horror films of all time. Uh, a lot of people walked out of it. Very tough watch, and it does deal with quite a lot of skinless people. So he seemed like a logical choice. Very artful direction. Very good at directing. Hmm. I just found it too much for me. Lots of religious themes in it as well. Very smart choice to do a Hellraiser remake. Clive was a big big fan of this as well and supported it. 
And Pascal was promising that he was going to make the film that fans deserved. He's very humble in interviews, very nice about it. He's like, look, I'm writing this thing. I want to get back to the original Hellbound Heart. And I want to, and he was literally going to retell Hellbound Heart, basically, nice. but his own way with a bigger budget. But he realized that people are going to want to tear him apart for making <laughs> Hellbound Heart. Isn't so that the point? <laughs> he's, and he's, he wanted to make a film that fans deserve and to make the definitive Hellraiser film. And he was refusing to betray Clive's work. So yeah, he was basing on that novel, uh, but it was going to be bigger, more epic, but not softer. But he did always say, if, if I get pushback from a producer, then I'm just going to walk, basically. So in 2009, he walked from the project and it did not happen. Dimension Films, no, no one's really sure 100% what happened, but they weren't happy with the direction he has taken things in. Probably too extreme for them and too awful. Uh, dude, you're, you're skinning people alive. <laughs> All <laughs> over the place. you think you're making, but... There are more skinned people than there are skin people. You're making people kiss people and rip their lips off with their teeth. That's fine. People are tying. You know how people could tie knots with cherry stems? They're doing that to male parts. (laughs) (laughs) That is too much. Oh, Oh, that'd be awesome. So, a couple years later, 2011, the same year this film came out, Todd Farmer um, and Patrick Lucia were involved with the remake. Now, Top Farmer, you might say, who's he? Well, we've covered him before, Justin. You and I and Katie. He oh, wrote Jason X. Yeah. I knew his name was familiar. Spaceman. That was his first ever script. He then went on to write the My Bloody Valentine remake. Oh. And yeah. Drive Angry with Amber Heard and Nicolas Cage. Patrick Lucia directed My Bloody Valentine remake and Drive Angry. And also wrote Terminated Genesis. So, you know, there's that. Uh, they came on board for a radically different take. They pitched something completely different. Uh, which was going to go far away from the original. And they wanted to tell the story of Frank seeking out the box, which would then reveal a new origin for Pinhead. So listen to their pitch. Are you ready? Oh, boy. He's got guns, and he's in hell, and he's <coughs> hell-bent on getting pleasure. I That's quote, not it. Imagine if Frank is actually the darkest version of Jack Bauer from 24 and Nicolas Cage from National Treasure. It would have been the evil National Treasure story. In the beginning, Frank is going to get the box and he's in Shanghai. He gets caught and they hold him down and they hammer these fucking nails into his head. But he gets free and kills everyone. But he does manage to get the box, which is being held by this guy who looks like he's all bloated and has been ripped apart by the Cenobites. And then Frank steals the box and then, well, all I can say is bad things happen. What? (laughs) What a fucking garbage idea. (laughs) Sorry. To, to cast as Frank slash Pinhead, because Frank would now be the new Pinhead, oh, they wanted William Fitchner. You guys know this guy? No. He was in Drive Angry, which is why they liked him. But he's the, uh, the prison guard who, well, teams up with him later from Prison Break, that TV show. Uh-huh. You know him if you see him. Yeah. Um, I mean, get him up on your laptop show to Justin so he appreciates who we're talking about. He, they wanted him to be Frank Pinhead for the younger generation, which is weird because William Fitchner's not easily as old as Doug Bradley I think we're getting there we're gonna make him younger and faster and he's got a gun he's pinhead yeah that makes <laughs> no I would look at that guy and go man that guy's old as fuck he was on ER right back in the day maybe wasn't he Don't he was know. like on some hospital thing like in his early career so there were lots of other stuff that was um, shopped around including weirdly you should say it Justin but there were talks of doing a Twilight sort of style pinhead story Mm. casting Pinhead basically as this forlong kind of like the origin of Pinhead is like a 
sort of like a vamp, well, not a vampire, like a Cenobite version of a vampire, essentially, and all sad and romance. And what the? F- uh, yep, that's how bad it's getting. And I know, I just I know want- Katie's not listening because she would have remarked. It would have just been Fifty Shades much. of Grey meets Twilight meets Hellraiser. Yep, sounds great. Sounds like Twilight. How much? Sounds like how much do you need? So, sadly, the first version with Pascal did not happen. The other versions, very happily, in my opinion, did not happen. And the remake stuff is going to continue. So, we're going to be keeping talking about remake stuff oh. next week. <laughs> but I don't want to do it all in one go. I want to, like, give it out as it happened oh, in real time. Oh, thank you. So, that's, that's taking so nice us up to hear what was going on. So, this remake stuff was still happening. Now, while it was happening, it had been six years since the releases of Dead or in Hell World. And Dimension suddenly realized, and I do love the big companies do this. Oh shit, we're going to lose the rights to this franchise that we're trying to reboot. And everyone's chomping at the bit to get it. But yeah, probably revert to the original owners, which would be Clive Barker, I guess. Um, and well, we know he how much Dimension films anyway. don't like Clive Barker. Why wouldn't they let him in on this one? We'll get to it next week, because Clive Barker gets more involved with the remake next week. Mm. But we'll talk about it then. Mm. So they suddenly realize, oh shit, we're going to lose the rights to this. So we have to make a movie and quick. So they have to produce a movie and you've got to get it out. And in order, apparently, for whatever litigious stuff they need, it needs to go to one cinema somewhere. It has oh. to be shown in a cinema. So to bring on someone who's been a stalwart of the series, and we talked about every single week as an effects artist and then second unit director last week, Gary Tunnicliffe, who's mm. a big, big fan of the film. He came, all the films, I mean. So he came aboard to write the film this time. Now, the entire production time was so rushed once they realized they had to make this movie that they had three weeks to do, write the script and shoot it. No. Including a 12-day shooting schedule. And $350,000. And that you had to write the whole script in that time? Yep, 12 days. That includes 12 days of shooting, writing, casting, getting all made, 350,000. Doesn't include the post. I'm not sure exactly how long they would have had for the post, but they only got given three weeks. I have all new respect for this film. Exactly. For production time. Holy shit. Um, so, in some ways, it was made in a similar way to how Hellworld was made. However, they weren't pulling from a previously existing script. And they didn't have any money. And they didn't have $5 million. They Good had grief. less than a tenth of the money. Like chump change. That Hellworld had. Which is one of the many reasons why it's shot just in someone's house in LA. Yeah. <laughs> because, look, if you want to make a movie cheap, you shoot it in Romania. If you want to make a movie really cheap, you don't do flying costs and you don't shoot it anywhere outside in LA. You just you shoot it in private residence. Yeah, and you get exactly. cheap actors from LA. Yeah. So two weeks prior to shooting, Doug Bradley was approached while the script was still being written. <laughs> Feverishly. <laughs> not through Dimension Films. He, he says in uh, his interviews, he was approached privately behind the director by the writers just to say, look, we'd like, like in you. Like in an alley but. somewhere. Like, yeah, basically. Clive. Basically, they sent him a tweet and an email from yep. uh, But he didn't like the script, and he particularly didn't like Come the rush. He didn't like the rush schedule uh, that a film was in. He basically just wanted to be paid way more. Well, yeah, also money was a problem. He says in his own words, cut, uh, my, my wage would have been cut down to the price of a fridge. Would Why you- does everyone keep talking about appliances? <laughs> what exactly. fucking fridge are you buying? Like a <laughs> 70,000? Ashley Lawrence before was saying her budget for Inferno was, was a down no, sorry, payment for on a fridge. A down pay- so, I mean, hey, Doug Bradley still would have made more than she would have made on Inferno. Where do they go fridge I mean, shopping, these two? They go for very expensive <laughs> refrigerators. They so, like, those- all of them are just in it for new refrigerators. Uh, but he did say, look, if I loved the script, I would have done it for the money they were offering. But with the time schedule they had, and he said, look, this movie 
well, this is the only way we get a bit more of the schedule because he said this movie has to shoot in two weeks, the script's not ready yet, and they have to have this out and like completed by next month. So there's basically a month of post afterwards to finish this film. Oh my god. Uh, so he was like, this isn't going to work out. This so is he, a terrible idea. He moved away from it. He said, I don't know if this means someone else is going to be playing Pinhead, but good luck to them. Uh, he is later on referred to the film as a cinematic ash can copy. Whoa. <laughs> Did not like this movie. Do you think he and Doug Bradley just like had a phone call right after this? They're like, dude, did you get a call? He's like, yeah, you got a call. No, well, that's Doug Bradley who said that. Sorry, just to clarify. Oh. A cinematic ash can copy. Not the guy who plays Pinhead. Oh, I thought you meant Clive Barker said it. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, who's, wait what? Clive Barker thinks the same, but we're going to wait. Doug Bradley said what? Said what? Huh? What the, did Doug Bradley say about it? That the film was a cinematic ash can copy. Okay. Yeah, so the cast also, well, a couple of them knew, I believe, from what I've read from them, but a whole bunch of them only found out during shooting that the film was being made purely to hold on to rights. Uh, In a movie that doesn't really actually mean anything. Yep. Gonna be shit. Exactly. I don't know, some of these actors were pretty excited about it. So you can imagine, yeah, the camaraderie that would give to a set when you realize, oh great, this is literally just made for this one reason. Like, it's going to be so glamorous. No, this is your one outfit. And if you get blood on it early, it's going to have blood on it forever. Yeah. Also, so. if you cut your hand, you're just wearing band-aids for the entire, for the entire yeah. film. Yeah. Nonsensically. And I would say that must, we'll get to that, but I would say that must be from cutscenes, but I don't think they have any cutscenes in this movie. This, this, is barely feature this movie is an hour <laughs> and 15 minutes with credits, which is borderline feature length, like legally allowed to be a feature length film. Yeah, I think they it's were right on the nose. So I feel they're eking out whatever they can to make this just long enough without spending any more money than they need to. That was definitely obvious because they used a couple of scenes twice. Yep. Yeah, just, and they repeated. Just replayed the scene again. <laughs> so to make things worse, when they did bring this movie out, ads on the DVD and Blu-ray boasted this quote from the mind of Clive Barker. Barker, who had no involvement with the film, posted was pretty angry. He posted on his Twitter feed. This is no fucking child of mine. If they claim it's from the mind of child Barker, it's a lie. It's not even from my butthole. What? <laughs> he is getting sassy here towards the end. He, he, Before he's like, come on, guys, I want to go. Come on, I'll, just, I'll do anything. Oh yeah, and now he's like, this is from my butt. <laughs> he's, yep, he is pretty angry. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of silly because they didn't even go to him for help. They were just like, oh, we're going to. Yep, kick him out and then make this garbage. But be like, we're gonna use your name now. Yeah, I know. Because we don't want you to have it. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And Clive Barker actually shortly after this had some some bad times with his health. He's actually in a coma for a while. Oh, due to some toxins that got into his bloodstream, um, and he nearly died. He's been sort of still recovering. Do you think Dimension Films tried to poison him? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. The game is afoot. So, yep, okay, we're going to talk about this movie now. That's why I sort of like what happened to it. Gary Tarnacliffe, who wrote it, he's been kind of honest with it afterwards. He's saying, look, I don't really... <laughs> I was drunk, you guys, the <laughs> no, whole time he's, I wrote he's it. constantly said, look, I support the director, Victor Garcia, for the extreme pressure that he was under the film. But he does admit that if he had directed it himself, he would have made the performances a little subtler and the whole film a little <laughs> grittier. And uh, I should quickly here say also... That would fix it, just that. <laughs> we just didn't that. mention it at the beginning, but director Victor Garcia... He's the guy you brought in to direct your sequels to remakes. That's what he was doing at the time. He had done 30 Days of Night Blood Trials, which that's your TV series of 30 Days of Night. He did the sequel, Return to House on Haunted Hill, which mm-hmm. was a remake to begin with. He also did Mirrors 2, which was the original was a remake, right. uh, directed by Alexander Adra. And I've seen all of his movies, actually, that he had done up to that point, and they're all fine. 
Like, none of them are great. They're all direct-to-DVD sequels or They're remakes. Sequels. But they have some money. He has some visual flair. He has no real, you know, like, talent where you'd go, oh, I can tell that's one Did of his movies. Did those films have money, though? Yes, they had money. Yeah. They all have money. Uh, but he was brought on very last minute as well. It was, like, two weeks before they were about to be shooting. And he was rung up. And he used to be a big Hellraiser fan. So, but he said, look, when you get rung up and asked, do you want to make... I'm not doing anything. When you want to make a new Hellraiser movie, you say, yeah, I want to make a new Hellraiser movie. And he says he just did the best he could with what he had, which was no time and no money. Yeah. One other nice little tidbit that I do want to say here uh, is that the actors playing Nico's mother and father. So, Nico is the asshole right. kid that we're about to get into. Yeah. Uh, the Bradleys, as they're going to be called. Yeah, the sexy ones. In a middle finger to Doug Bradley of, oh, you don't want to be in our movie? Then we'll name half our cast after you. Uh, while the other half And is- the, the dick ones, too. Not the nice parents. They're like... Yeah. The cheater ones. Yeah, yeah. The absolute asshole ones. And then what the other half are named jerks. after Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, because they're the Cravens. who are not quite past at that point. So, yeah, Nico's mother and father... I don't know if you noticed this while watching the movie. Uh, two and seven years older than him. Yeah. Right. What? <laughs> totally understood that. Nico's parents? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like 38. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So we open with the trustworthy dimension logo. Oh, is it trustworthy though? <laughs> I feel like once it stabs you in the heart, you know, like six times, that we shouldn't trust it anymore. Yeah. Typical on it. We hear the sound of chains. Now, I have to say, again, you two haven't seen this film before. I've seen it once and a half before i immediately watching it this time i'm like look trying to look at it pragmatically and just you know objectively as a new viewer from the opening when you don't see any image and i just hear some drones and i hear some chains clanking and then the titles come up with like this quite fast cut to them and then you get this more sophisticated sort of type font for hellraiser revelations yeah. i'm like this is looking better than the last one i know ones. i was like wow yeah. fancy and the font. music was like better than the last one too. yeah 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 it was like completely off somewhere promising exactly <laughs> And then... <laughs> then footage happens. Found yep. footage, to be exact, of two kids leaving LA, heading to... Mexico! Tijuana! Tijuana! <laughs> One Which, of them. I wanted a road trip, so I was like, whoa, they're actually doing everything I've asked for. They're yes. kind of giving it to me. Yes. You wanted your road trip? You wanted to get out and see the world? Guess what you get to see? I think back streets and sound stages in LA, because they definitely yeah. did not go to Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah, not in me. Mexico. So, Santa Clarita. We've got Nico, <laughs> Nico, who's the dick boyfriend, and then Steve Craven, who's the nice boy brother, who are heading to Mexico, although Steve didn't realize that's where they're going. He thought they were going to Disneyland. <laughs> I yeah. know. We're going to go to Disneyland and get sex. Yeah, so, to quote, get our, we're going to get our dicks wet at <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> no, man. We're going to go to SeaWorld for that. We're going to go to SeaWorld. Yeah. We're going to go see a donkey show, is what he says. Yeah. Here's the thing. We start, like, we watched, we're watching, lucky enough to watch these ones together at the moment. Uh, sometimes we have to watch these films apart. And Justin, you turn to me and you're just like, oh, it's found footage. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you should wish it was going to be found footage. I oh, wish no. it. I be- wish it was. My, just- the thing that was terrible about it being found footage is that they were trying, they showed one quick shot of the LA lands, like downtown LA. And then the rest of it is like super way up close shots of like up nose and like half of an eyeball and just because you could tell that they were like we don't have we can't show too much of outside right of the car so they had to do so close up on each on each other's faces Mm -hmm. and i was like you're just in la traffic no one gives a shit i think what they could have done with the three hundred fifty thousand, if they just decided all right 
let's just do this as found footage. Yeah. Let's actually send them to Mexico. Let's film yeah. everything illegally, essentially, like you can with found yeah, footage. Right. That would have been great. They actually could have made something really dope if they did that way. You would have yeah. a ton of money. You would have been able to be like, oh, we could just do it on the fly. We'll have like an outline. Yep. Do these things. We build Get some it. Good actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a couple. Don't need all these other ones. Yeah. Head down have- to Mexico. Do some cool stuff. Then just spend. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just make a freaking found footage Hellraiser? Because that's the thing. What's in the beginning? Like you're rolling your eyes at it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with found footage yeah, Hellraiser. Film. I'm fine with that. If they're gonna I was make okay. it wasn't spooky. super bad yeah. looking either. I was okay with it being found footage. I just wanted it to pull Be, off a yeah, little bit. It was, it was way was too like, close. I was like, it. everything's bl- blown, like washed out. And it's like when you hand your three year old niece your video camera, and yeah. she just like zooms all the way in, and then it's jerking all over the place. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah. oh my god! I was like, please, you're never gonna give me back that. Why well, did this no. stuff was added? <laughs> I'm the idiot, idiot for giving you this camera yeah. right now. <laughs> I believe from my research I was doing online that this stuff was added later on, and it was partly to pad out time. To be honest, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. They did not have a full movie here. Yeah, but then we cut to them. We just hard cut to them from looking really happy in their car. Like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go to Mexico and sleep with some girls. And he's like, oh, go, go. oh well, fuck it. Let's go get a dick sweat in Mexico. And then they cut to them in Tijuana. Fucking car's been hijacked, man. It's just yeah. across the floor. So, fuck, Let's man. make sure we video this. And from this point onwards, Nico's just an angry prick oh, yeah. for the rest of the movie. And it's like. He's kind of a prick even at the beginning. Because he he's like immediately like, oh, I'm going to show this to your mom and I'm going to tell her that, you know, you had sex with a hooker, basically. Yeah. But he's like a teenager, yeah. you know, idiot. He's prick. an acceptable level of douche. And then yeah. he just beginning. becomes like an angry asshole after right. that. Like, yeah. why are you even hanging out with this dude? I know. And, now, and then we just cut to Nico. He's got a Lamont configuration or Lament configuration. Right. And he's opening it. We get some church bells ringing. Very bad sound design. This is Mexico, man. There's churches everywhere. <laughs> yeah, what the? <laughs> man, stereotyping the shit out of Mexico. Tijuana! <laughs> Drink the tequila! Tequila, man! Churches! Tijuana! Like, Whoa! God bless them because right here, first scene basically, I know yeah. it's been like a little mash. They show us Pinhead straight away. There's yeah. no build. There's no, oh, we're nervous about this. We have to be the first film without Doug Bradley. Nope. Here he is doing his lines. And Steve is just keeps filming it, which you find out later he's sort of been threatened to, but still makes no sense. No. You would have put the camera down. This like guy, guy man. with pins in his head just shows up. This guy, Stephen Smith Collins. I oh mean, I don't know <gasps> if you just miscast, but fucking hell he yeah. and it looks so this bad whole film yeah he just, really does i mean it's impossible not to i appreciate when you got someone you know when if when what's his face james hill a uh, whatever his name is plays freddy krueger in the nightmare on elm street room when you got somebody's iconic playing a character it's very very hard to replace them they're gonna stand out but even so and i try and give this guy the chances like i'll say some credibility here gary tonicliffe goes to town on the pin effects they're actually pretty yeah. good he puts a lot of effort, I think, to make it look as good as he can. But this guy's face, his lips, his chin, his eyes, it's just like none of it works. But that's not really his fault. I would say like his, <laughs> his la- face is not No, his I know, fault. but I'm just saying like you you go know, up for your parts. But I thought his line delivery was decent. Oh, I think his line delivery is no, terrible. He just seemed like he was trying to muscle it, like oh, to be very effective. He's like, I gotta really yeah, I push it so that like so it feels more impactful. Well, not everyone has Doug Bradley's solemnity. Yeah, that's why it's no. like really bad. Organically. But that's why, I mean, again, yeah, sure. They had two weeks, you guys. No, I get it, but we, we like, have to judge. They did a marvelous <laughs> job. We have to judge. I'm pretty sure given. if you just put on blast, like, sending your best Doug Bradley impression to be in yeah. the new Hellraiser, you'd get so many people who yeah. are 
Yeah, but then you have to take all the time to go through all those audition but then tapes. They must have look, the previous. They have access. It's Dimension Films. Yeah. It's not like it's a new company. They have to have access a to all the old costume stuff. Right. So yeah. just find someone the same build at least to put him in a chubbier. proper suit. Yeah. And then B, they have to have access to all the old like sound effects presets that you do to the voice yeah. to make yeah. it sound cool. They don't even add anything here. It's just him talking. Yeah. And then the director is like, or you can get his photo double or whoever that might have been his double for the past film. Yeah, just something. Yeah. And like, but even like, yeah, and the, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a few things credible about the director because I'm gonna try to like say something good about his production, and I'll get to them later. But the way he handles actors is terrible. Like, yeah. You can have bad actors and then try and use them wisely. You can tell he had no control over these people. And if you had one, if you had this pinhead, you get him to stand there, look down. Saying like nothing basically don't Minimal. move around don't whip your head around like he does and just be very very passive the whole time and to make him scary yeah instead he's like on a skype call for this entire film listening in through the box basically it's just yeah it just felt like when they said they wanted jack power this kind of felt like 24 where he's like waiting and it's like intense <laughs> yeah and people are trying to, to disc- action yeah i was just waiting for you to go it's like tag me in yeah and he's just, I don't know, the makeup didn't look better than last. The pins looked okay. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. they got the pins on point. But the color and everything just didn't match. And then the, I wish they would never show the backside of his head. Mm. It looked so stupid. It was weird. didn't yeah. look good. Doug Bradley's looked really cool in the back. Because yeah, it looked uh, like it was like seamed into his skull. Doesn't yeah. this sort of immediately make you realize how different that first Hellraiser film would be if someone else had played Doug Bradley? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, they would have had what they thought they originally had, which was that all the Cenobites were the same, or like the engineer would have still been the lead or something. And I mean, it really makes you appreciate like you can give shit for like his last line, even in Hellworld, but he fucking owns those lines. Yeah, Yeah. you know, he finds a way to give them some dignity, even though they're stupid. Whereas this stuff for me is, I don't, I can't, I can't get on board with it. We miss you, Doug Bradley. So then we're cutting from fan footage and we're going to see Steve's mom, who I'm just going to call Mrs. Craven from now on. Sure. Who's watching the footage on a videotape? Uh, her daughter, I've got exclamation mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. They look very similar aged. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Walks into the room and finds her watching the video, but she won't let her daughter see it, to which her daughter's like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And immediately I want to shoot myself in the face because we have this insipid mother who just won't stop whimpering and is yeah. ineffective in every scene. And then a daughter who's just valley girl, terrible. There's a shirt on that's like not even a half of a shirt. Super just, you're just walking age. around the house like that. It's testament somehow she doesn't do nip slips for this movie. I think it's a little bit right at the end when she's like hugging her father. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, you're yeah. Just like, your nip just popped out there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even catch that. Well, it's an um, outfit, outfit wardrobe malfunction. That outfit is a malfunction. I love how she's like, oh, is that like, is that his videotape or let me see it? It's like, no, I can't see it. It's, it's like, been right, in there fine. the whole time. Yeah. I just. But don't worry, the Bradleys are coming for dinner. So Steve's dad. Which is- also didn't make sense because they were like, we're leaving Los Angeles. But when the Bradleys show up, it says Washington on their license plate, like Washington State. <laughs> you you license plate. The license plate. And I was like, what the fuck? You guys said you're leaving. Like, Maybe you're it's a rental that. car, Justin. They're just renting. They're like, hey, we live in California. They did shoot Let's it in LA. So yeah, yeah. they just rented cars. For this no, 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 but sure. I mean, like, did the tell family. There's what they're supposed to be from Los Angeles, but now they're like, we're from Washington. Yeah, that's why it didn't make any sense. Your plate doesn't mean it's where you're from. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they sounded like they were friends for a long time. He bought it secondhand off of a Washington man. Yeah. Yeah, sure, fair enough. (laughs) Come on, I guess. You're the best licensed police (laughs) police I've ever met. Uh, So Steve's dad is telling... It's a setting, because I can't tell any other landmark besides what they said. And then so I go, are they in California still, or are they? And then it's like, (laughs) you're four different license plates. I mean, to be fair to this film, they don't really tell you where they're at. And actually, they contradict it later, which we'll get to. But they're definitely in LA. Mm -hmm. Like, 100% it's LA. Well, also, because he says Disneyland, and they do the shot of Los Angeles, like, we're leaving, we're getting out of Los Angeles. That's true. true. Yeah. And then it's like, Washington, you're like, wait, so did the family relocate or something? Or what the fuck? (laughs) I just like the Washington plates. Got a pretty little picture. Keep us on our toes. Pretty little picture. So Steve's dad's telling uh, the Bradleys how Sarah isn't exactly like her old self, you know, ever since her son was either kidnapped or murdered. (laughs) And they found a videotape of a demon talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nico's mom's like, oh, is she, is she still in a bad way? Like, (laughs) yes, you should be too. You're fucking. (laughs) That's why I was like, are these the other kids' parents? Because Mm -hmm. should they not also be upset still? And they are the same age. And they are. Yeah. So then we just cut to them eating dinner awkwardly, like straight away from that, just immediately. Yeah, super awkward dinner. And, and everybody is all about this, like saying something, and then the other the person who they're talking about appears in the hallway behind him, and they're like, "Oh, sorry." It's a proper soap opera. And like, the person really, yeah, just walks so off, or it looked like the beginning of an adult film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it did. She stood next to him, and then they like, "Oh, like, oh sorry." And then I went to <laughs> dinner table, and I was like, "Well, someone's gonna drop a fork." And then next thing you know, we're in the pleasure wow, part wow. of the film. <laughs> so yeah, they're eating. We've definitely learned hundred percent. These are the parents of the two families, uh, the two kids, and then the daughter's all upset because they never talk about the kids anymore. Yeah, no shit. You wouldn't want to talk about it. what's wrong with there, like. They were murdered. Clearly, the parents all saw them being murdered, or the son getting murdered, or they didn't or, know that. Or just they—they they saw the Hellraiser. But did. Nobody Only the mom knows it. that. Nobody yeah. contradicted all the way through this movie. Yeah, because yeah. they keep going on about they hired a PI because they're missing. But then they're going about, but we have this tape and we know that they died. They say at one point that they're dead, but then they say some other yeah. lines later we're going to get to that as if they're still missing and like, yeah. why did they run away as well? Maybe. Right. Yeah. Just, and then he goes like, maybe Steve did it. <laughs> it doesn't Steve, make yeah. any sense. Um, and it was a terrible scene of exposition from the daughter where she's just like, what, do you want me to forget that I have a brother or that my boyfriend disappeared with him? Yeah. <laughs> just, you guys oh. suck. And she leaves. <laughs> she is the fucking worst. Yeah. We see some bad actors come and go in this series. Yeah, I think it's, she might be the worst yeah. of all the ladies. She is terrible. Yeah, yeah there's one other actor here who I think is as bad as I her, just, but she is what's, That's what blows my ladies. mind is how people like this get work. I'm like, how did you work on other shit after this? It's called I guess. I mean, she was on like, oh man, some pretty big. And then stuff. the Mr. Bradley or whatever is like, maybe it has to do with Emma. Like maybe she broke up with him. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, don't ask her that. And then she looks all offended. And I was like, are these not questions that policemen would have asked I don't, none you? None of this is like they start sharing quite they start sharing that is not an offensive thing to ask a girl to be like hey were you guys all right did you break up like what was so wrong with his life that he decided to leave and they ask each other questions that as if they haven't asked each other anything since it happened and then they establish here she's like well you hired a pi what did the pi find as if they've never asked oh by the way i met kevin to ask ask, can he find anything what happened with the pi that you sent off to like find our fucking dead or missing brother and boyfriend after this are we meant to assume that they are like years or months Mm, i would say months i don't don't, know ridiculous man 
And then what's even more ridiculous is we then <clears throat> cut to hell as Pinhead is listening into them chatting with a snarl on his Which just feels like it's yeah. the basement. Yeah. <laughs> or the attic. Like, I just feel like they were trying to play it as, like, an alternate dimension. And he's just, like, rummaging around, finding things. And he's just still, he's not like, doing anything. Yeah. He should be busy. Yeah. Leviathan's got plenty of He's got, like, a mini-me and everything. He should oh, yeah, be we'll get on it. Then the daughter storms off and finds her brother's camera and decides she's going to watch the footage. Which is just a dark magazine. Yes, yeah, she does. All, all stuff. That was just the Rolling Stone. It wasn't oh, was even it? a uh, hustler or anything. Uh, it was like suggestive because it yeah. was like, woman. So the tape's magically rewound since her mother was disturbed watching it earlier. Um, and it's now at the beginning of this story. So we see that they're partying in Tijuana in a bar. Tijuana! 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 Tijuana, man! Tequila! And they pan past the DJ who's like standing in a closet, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, look at this and, DJ. And he only has two turntables, no oh, like mixer so or any of that. No. Just two turntables. All need. And they're and surrounded a- by either Asian or white people. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I counted two me- sort of Mexican guys in the whole film. Yep. Not even just in this scene. That's all they could get. The whole thing. LA is hard to get Mexican people. <laughs> so hard. You are crazy. They do turn, however, to one Mexican girl, the girl who's Isn't sitting alone at a table. Mexican? She's at least half. To her, Spanish doesn't even sound believable. She doesn't really say much, though. So. She just says, I don't speak English in Spanish. Yeah. Really yeah, bad. She... And so they decide, hey, she looks sexy and single. Let's go over and hassle her. super hot. Which apparently is adorable if you're a single girl sitting on your own with in a, a video CD camera bar. in your hands. Yep. To get two drunk, belligerent white kids just come over and start hassling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we just cut to Nico fucking her in the toilet. And we're weirdly cutting back and forth between the found footage and just regular film at this point. Yeah. Which I don't really understand. Yeah. And then we cut to the sister girlfriend just watching all of this and in disgust. And she closes the camera crying because her boyfriend cheated on her with oh a Mexican She's like horrified of seeing it as if like she just witnessed them being yeah. murdered. It feels like they took the cut of, like, they told her to react to, oh, you've just seen what happened on the tape. And she's like, oh, I know what happened on the tape. The Cenobites. I'll react to that. And then they yeah. used it in the wrong place. And they do it to her reacting to this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, your boyfriend and your brother have disappeared or have been murdered. I think you have bigger things on your mind on if they went on, a like, a yeah, sex And her boyfriend wasn't exactly, like, the, the nicest. nicest. Yeah. <laughs> so I would be like, was. yeah, that guy totally cheated on you several times. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were like, it's her first. Boy, it was her first boyfriend. Her yeah, first... I can't tell how young she's actually meant to be in this. It's very yeah, confusing. It was kind of weird. I'm like, your clothes suggest something else. and Maybe they were like, the fewer clothes we put on her, the younger she will seem. <laughs> that is terrible. And then we're out of the found footage, and we find the Mexican girl is dead in the bathroom. So we're just continuing with the footage now that she stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is later on, she reacts as if she knows all of the stuff. That's we're going to get to. But anyway, she's stopping there because she closes it. We find a Mexican girl dead in the bathroom. It was an accident, Nico says. Um, and Steve doesn't know what to do. And they don't How know what happened. How is that an accident? Like, what the f- I accidentally slammed her head into I the toilet. I bashed her brains out. It doesn't even say, like, just a simple thing of him panicking, looking scared right. for a second instead of being a dick, as always. I didn't know she was a hooker or, or something. Or just being like, oh, she slipped and she hit her head. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just something. That makes you go, okay, we'll give you some benefit of the doubt. Sure. But there's no. nothing here. He's just a complete asshole. And he's just like, oh, I don't know, I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's immediately like, you're an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> what? Stevie boy. Uh, so then the sister's in his bag and she finds the box from hell. Pinhead notices. <laughs> I know, she touches it and he's like, oh. 
He's got like a pinhead sensation. She's like, I found your puzzle box. <laughs> <laughs> the best Lego to bring that line back every uh, time. Meanwhile, the parents are sort of trying to chat about things, I think, but it's so terrible. It was really funny because when the sister does find it and she starts like handling it, I wrote down, I really want at least one person to like try and open the box and be like, it's too hard and like throw it down. And then ironically, that happens later. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, thank you. <laughs> So they're like, yeah, the friends are talking and they're saying, this is where they're saying that they were killed, but then they're saying maybe they just ran off or maybe they were taken or they don't have these lovers. conversations with the parents. Like, <sighs> this is what the reaction was when I would actually hear my parents talking to other parents where I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> and I was like, this whole scene is so boring. And the Cravens are just like, they know. Like, yeah. they have a tape where they know. They've seen what happened. What happened. They've At least to Nico. They know what happened to Nico. And the dad seems completely cool with things. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> doing fine. So his sister, daughter, Emma, she walks in, rolls her eyes, and then just walks off again. Well, that's when he suggests that it's because she broke up with him. Yeah. And then she's like, how dare you? <laughs> I would never do that. No emotional repercussions. Not sad. Even though I just found out that your asshole son cheated on me with and a hooker. She yeah. then has a flashback. To what was said by Pinhead after they opened the box, even though she has not seen that footage. The mother was watching that footage. Yep. She has not seen it, but then she has a flashback to it. You're right, Justin. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> it's <out>. painful. <laughs> uh, so she somehow knows though, what he says, and he said something about the box. So she's like sitting by the pool with the box. She's like, oh, hang on. Maybe I should open a box. But then Stephen turns up bleeding just as she's. Sort of opening the box. I don't think yeah. she has properly done anything. No. The box seems to have stages in this film. In terms of do a little bit with it and something creepy might happen. Right. Then the mother's just standing like a fucking idiot. Her son's back and she's not doing anything. God, I, I hate I hate horror so much. Also, he just fucking appears out of nowhere, man. Yep. I know. Like, he wasn't in the box. No. He was just free roam in the world. Yeah, he's just been. He's like Ryu. He's just walking from place to place. Yeah. And then the daughter tries to ring 911, but they can't get through it. Apparently mobiles don't work, and then landlines don't work, and then they go outside, then their cars are gone. And the father's reaction to each of these things is like, ah, oh, shit. He just literally comes down. back in the house, and he's like, they're gone. And then he's like, oh, well. Like, <laughs> this happens shit. all the time. People taking our cars. I was like, People- your whole car is gone. <laughs> all the cars. All of your car is gone. What? And the other guy is just like, Huh? <laughs> there's just not one. And then they're like, "Do you think there's someone out there?" Yeah, because your whole car is gone. But then they just then they're like, "Whoever Stephen what? is afraid of has taken out the phone and the cars, and he's probably out there right now." They should have just man. They should have <laughs> someone should have been like, "I'll start the car," and they go out and try to start the car. First car doesn't work, and then they're like, hey, "Come back in." Let me, hey, can I see your? Give me your keys, and gets keys. Tries the other car. He's like. Cars are dead. Yep. You buy time. That's something. They didn't. They then, couldn't afford yeah. two cars in this. They already had. They barely there. could afford the rental that we already <laughs> saw. Yeah, for one day. <laughs> in hell, we see pseudo pinhead. So that's how he's credited in the in the end title. Pseudo pinhead. Yeah. So pinhead is putting together a version of himself, I guess. Bits of cut flesh sticking in the needles. Now I will say, trying to give credits where credits are. The effects of him pushing in the needle into the guy's head is pretty good. The blood's yeah. like coming out, yeah. like. In a different context, they'll be like, all right, this is working. Big problem we're going to get to later is this isn't Nico. Nope. 
This is actually Steven. Steven. Yeah. However, the actor who plays Nico is playing pseudo pinhead. Yep. Because they want to have them both in the same scene later. And we're going to find out at the end of this film that Nico's not a Frank and he's using Steven's skin to pretend to be Steven. Wiley. But instead of just doing like some editing in the frame to have them both on scene or whatever, because so really Steven should be playing both of these roles. Right. Because pseudo pinhead just looks like Nico. Yep. And yet later they're going to treat him like, oh my God, it's Steven. Yep. Yep. This is a big problem for me. Yep. yep. <laughs> he's just hanging out with Pinhead though, because Pinhead needs a buddy. Yeah. It's like, I want a best friend. You had a best friend, Nico. I love how he's like, what? How shall I make him? I like my head. <laughs> I'll give you my head. <laughs> yeah. All the parents are getting out Craven's gun, which is a big shotgun, and they're all looking for, looking, uh, try, trying to look after Steven. Where do you hide a shotgun from your wife? Yeah. Because they come out with like, do you have a gun? And the wife is all surprised and he says, yep. Yeah. I was like, you always expect it to be a hand pistol yeah, no, in that case where you're shotgun. like hiding it in a shoebox. And it's like, no, it's a giant <laughs> shotgun. It's like I've been hiding underneath her mattress. Which feels like, because the stuff that happens later that we're going to get to would work better if it was a handgun and yeah. not a shotgun. Yeah. So it feels like they just told prop department we need a gun and they brought a shotgun. They're like, fuck. All right. Well, so like we have a bunch of these. <laughs> bring, a, bring a shotgun because it looks badass and it'll give a lot of production value. Hey, it's the best well, looking and you thing have in the other movie. dad who keeps trying to light a giant cigar through this entire yeah, thing. What the fuck? Like we are men. American. Man. Uh, also. Yeah. Neither of them are Americans. So they don't really know how to be American yeah, men. Like, American men love We've guns and cigars. Westerns before. Ugh. <sighs> So the daughter's sitting with the puzzle box, just trying to like sort of do stuff with it, and then she's she's turning the box, and then like it kind of like again like it goes for a step. It's like bits of it flip, and then all the lights turn off, and then we see a weird sort of female chatterer chomper. Yeah, uh, a couple of lesbian Cenobites for a second making out. I think came so close to what I asked for last week, which was Cenobite strippers. Yeah, yeah. we because, were so close, you guys. I think it was the dead hookers that they killed. Oh, oh. Yeah. it's like a glimpse, and you miss it though. It's Dang like it. so. You could have killed strippers, and then I would have got my wish. There you go. And then Pinhead would have been happy. Yep. And then Pinhead says, "It is almost time for what? Final countdown." Because <laughs> what we're gonna learn in here is this is basically like the first film where Pinhead's trying to get back Frank, and here he's trying to get back Nico. But why is it? It is almost time. What are you waiting for? The right time. That she right. has to un like undo the box completely. I yeah, guess. but then how does he know it's almost time? Oh, he can feel it. He's got his pin tingling All right. sensation. Lights come back on. You reckon his need his pins are like divining rods? Yeah, that's stuff. what I'm saying. Lights come back on. Stephen has gone. And they find him. He's just outside by the pool. So don't worry. You can tell so much of the of Emma's lines are improved by herself, and the oh, director absolutely. could not control her, or it was like. Oh, it's fine. That sounds believable. Her lines are so bad. Oh, fucking She's terrible. like, okay, I'll go this way. I was like, you didn't need to speak at all, but we can't edit that out now. And we can't do another cut. So great. And then she's like, no time. why is he just standing there? Yeah. It's like, oh, oh just shut up. <laughs> so then we get Stephen saying to them, they're coming. Cenobites. He said they could take the pain away. They could show us something beyond the limits. Oh my gosh, you're just so bad at it. Just no. a zombie. Clean this up for me though, because this is Nico pretending to be Steven. Mm-hmm. He's been cogent enough to walk across the world or bus yeah. across the world or fly across the world from Mexico back to America, to LA, to get there. And now 
he's in this weird sort of hazy sort of oh i'm wounded oh i'm woozy and just saying stuff like he's not really with it he's not trying to trick them for any reason because he turns out he's back there just to get the box that's it and then make a deal he should just turn up and get the box that's literally it that's your story he walks in, picks up the box, but and that's the film. not an hour and fifteen minutes. So, but this stuff, so this stuff makes no sense. No, Only it's makes just sense a lot if of exposition. Steven. Pretty much all that Stephen does the rest of this film is exposition. We cut back though, however, to Tijuana, where the boys are hiding out. <laughs> Tijuana in a, tequila <laughs> in a strip club. Yeah, yeah, they're looking obviously like they both just killed someone. I mean, that's oh, yeah. just how they're looking. And Stephen looks like so angelic in this whole scene. I was like, he, he looks does. way too pretty to be in this film. He looks like he's got contact lenses in. Yeah, time, he looks like he's he? crying and he's yeah, like he really like, pale. Had a good cry. Or he's just high as food. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> then a vagrant comes down and sits next to him. So I want to call him derelict, but the credits themselves don't even call him a derelict. They call him a vagrant. <laughs> so like when you don't even know the words you're meant to be using in your own fucking franchise. Mm-hmm. Now, I've said a lot of bad things about the daughter. I think she's the worst female that we've had in this series. And we've had some very bad actresses. Yeah. This vagrant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. If anybody in this film can out-underact the daughter, it is this vagrant. He is fucking terrible. He's just so over the top. Um, But he gives them the box and then butchers recycling lines like, the box was always yours. Which Nico's like, ha-ha, it's mine. It's like, damn right it belongs to me. I love how Nico's like, this place is What does he call it? He says this is a rat hole. I was like, you are in a really nice strip club for that being Tijuana, Mexico, because there's Tijuana! like super hot strippers. I know everywhere. Every stripper is super hot. Yep. They have and all you're their drinking limbs. bottled beer. Like, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I would be like, we are doing all right. <laughs> I am having a good time. Don't they have like all their money just kind of laid yeah, out? Yeah, all the on table? the table. Well, like, because- come to the table, collect yeah. some money, and dance for us. Yeah. Because this is all we have. Nico looks like Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just started this Well, he progressively like, like fluffs his hair in like a mohawk throughout yeah. the film. So yeah, he gets more and more Val Kilmer as yeah. it goes on. So then he takes the box and then he makes Steve film him open it. And we go back to the opening scene from the beginning of the film with just a bit more footage. Basically the same thing as Pinhead turns up and all this and bullshit. For some reason, Nico decides to take his shirt off while he opens a box. Oh, you have to take your shirt off. It's very frank. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. They go. Look, here's oh, the thing. They do a lot of tributes. Here's the thing. I told Frank. Might as well say it now. But Gary Tunnicliffe, he's been around, yeah, since part uh, three. He is a big fan of everything here. He is a big fan of Clive Barker. He cares about what these people think. And I will give this film the credit of he has attempted to get back to all the things that we keep saying they've got so far away from. The, yeah. the perversion, tying it into sex, having a character who's a dick again, like, yeah, part three and part five who is like frank like he's, he's and bringing it back just to regular people who are going into this place you know like right. he is attempting here more than i feel anywhere else in the rest of the series to get back to the original hellraiser yeah that's what makes this even more painful i think is that yeah it's almost because you're like oh you're really trying you yeah. actually really like this series so we give we've given so many shit of like why can't they just get back to this they're trying to here <laughs> The I don't blame them with there. the actors that they have in this one, though. Yeah. It's really tough. Yes. It's tough, tough. Well, it's very, very tough. So, yeah. Then we're going to cut back to Steve by the pool with the parents. I'm unsure if, if this is meant to mean he's explained this to them or if it's just in a flashback. <laughs> I think it head. was. 
I don't really. Because after this, then she like goes and looks up Cenobite and like all these things. Well, he's been saying those words out loud for sure because we hear him say Cenobites are coming, Cenobites are coming. And he tells the Bradleys that Nico didn't want to come back, which none of this makes sense. This is not what you do if you just come back to want the box. Steve is then we cut to Steve walking down a back alley and Where there's he a, finds super hot hookers. <laughs> there's a again. hot Asian yeah. girl just hanging hot out. Hot hookers. Not, Random Asian girl. Not only nowhere in the world I think do you get street hookers who look this good, but and no offense to T.O. Animating, I haven't been there, it might be a delightful place, but I'm pretty sure they don't have the best pedigree of street hookers. No. And if and not only is that a hot one in the back alley by trash. Not even street hookers don't work in back alleys, no. they're out yeah. on the street. Yeah. It's not called an alleyway hooker. They're street hookers. Uh, it's one of those back alley hookers. They're more discounted. They're and damaged then, yeah, then goods. And then it's just $100 as well. $100. cheaper. Fucking ridiculous. Maybe yep. she was just tra- taking her trash out and then saw him and was like, oh, yeah, sure. But I love this though, because he's just in a daze. He's just watched his friend get taken yep. by a demon to hell. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, do you have $100? Literally get like, his face ripped apart. And he's like, you know what I need? Good fuck with an Asian chick. (laughs) So he says, yeah, I got a hundred bucks. Which if he has a hundred bucks, he's got enough money to get home. Yeah. He wouldn't be stranded in Tijuana. No. Because you assume he has a passport. Oh, yeah. That's fine. You can get out. Like if there wasn't a line about that car being. You can get a Greyhound back to LA. Of course you can. With a hundred bucks. Oh, easy. Easy. Way less. I did notice, and I don't know if this was on purpose or if this is a real life or (laughs) this was a nice little you know detail that they did actually bother putting a detail in but she has bruises on her where you would inject in your arm like oh. on the hinge of your elbow maybe they just got a real hooker i know i genuinely <laughs> was like because oh. they was like i don't trust this production team with putting that kind of detail into a side character yeah it's pretty rough man so she takes him back to a room he undresses her we get some boobs and then she looks repulsed by him. Well, so that was the most weirdest exchange. She's just like kind of standing there. Really. Yep. She's like, what do I do? She's totally not into it. When yeah. About 30 seconds before, she was really into it. Yeah. It was well, she has weird. to act like she's into it until you don't see his face anymore. She and then really, she's like, oh, she's great. Like, Man, just whatever. I don't need to give any quality for this. And you're just going to be a two-pump chump. <laughs> two-pump chump. <laughs> Sonny fucks her and the box is on the side table and then Nika starts calling out to him from the box. They had like Bluetooth. Well, this is the thing. In this film, the box is definitely a mobile phone because (laughs) Pinhead's listening to stuff through the box of what's happening in this bungalow or whatever in LA. And then in this bit, Nico is able to talk to him through the box. This has not happened before, is it? Uh, he tells him to kill her, so he uses the box and smashes her head in. And then Nico just appears out of the mattress. His head's just sticking out. Yeah, it's so ridiculous looking. He's just like, hey, man. Hey, uh, thanks for the body. I'm going to suck all his blood now. Good work, bud. Bring like, me yeah, more. He's like, blood, I need more. The blood brought me back. It's like, how- it's like, yeah, you already said that through the box was I need yeah. more blood. Thanks. I get it. <sighs> they just have to like... Just feel like they have to spell everything out specifically. That's what it felt like with so, the dads explaining well, everything. Yeah. Then we cut back to Stephen. He's by the pool. He says they're coming. The Cenobites. They don't like to lose souls. <laughs> but he doesn't say it with as much conviction as I just said. It. No, you are actually a better actor. Just yeah. Then. Thank you. You You're should welcome. been Steve. And then he faints. You, could. So they, you have the good hair for it. They put him in bed, and then the parents are just hanging out while the daughter looks up the word Cenobite. We do finally get the real definition used for the first time when Part Nine. 
And they say what Cenobit means. I love how she's like, yeah, he like said this word and I've never heard it before. So So I looked it up. I looked it up. (laughs) She launches, you look up all the words she doesn't know. It's like ridiculous. Which doesn't even help them because the meaning of the word is a member of a monastic community. Yeah. Which is, all right. How does that? Oh, okay. So he's in a cult. (laughs) Yeah. It's a group of people who like Cinnabon. (laughs) (laughs) They like to eat Cinnabon. Steve's having dreams of Pinhead and Nico. Chatter is carving Nick, uh, Steve's face off him. <laughs> we do get the one sort of all right line, which is the pain and pleasure indivisible. But yeah, that one is cool. Pain and pleasure indivisible. But I just want Doug to be saying it. That's the problem. Yeah. And he wakes up screaming and his parents are there and he's all hungry. So his mom gets him some soup. So it seems from this point after he wakes up now, this is where he's like, now he's Nico. Right. Yeah. Well, because now you re- you've realized that his skin has been peeled. So you're like, oh. Sure. We've realized. Yeah. yeah. But he seems to like come online yeah. at this point as yeah. if he's been also, possessed. Up he the wakes up and he's like, oh, they're like, are you? And the mom's like, are you? He's like, oh, feeling better. And she's like, you want something to eat? Yeah, soup? All right. And then he goes, and dad's like, oh, no, go rest. We need to get you back in bed. How are you feeling? What do you think, man? He just answered. <laughs> and, he t- and he tells him to get back in bed. He's in bed. Yeah. <laughs> he literally moves about an inch. Where the hell is he going? <laughs> and you pointed out here, his dad's got loads of band-aids on his hand. Yeah. yeah. What the hell was that about? <laughs> Don't know. They're in, like, for most of the movie after that. Yeah, he's got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of band-aids. So I was like, yeah, is this, uh, I didn't notice him earlier, but maybe they were there. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and check. I tell no. you that much. First thing. <laughs> I saw it again. I saw his hands <laughs> with band-aids yeah, and other scenes. Yeah, later on they are. No. I was like, is it a cut scene uh, where something happens? But I don't know. Or what. something happened to him later and they like shot out of order yeah. and like something happened to him later and then he. Well, they definitely shot out of order, but he has it from this point onwards in the film pretty much. I understand, but I saw, what I'm saying is like. mean it was shot in order. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. It's very weird. But anyway, maybe he, had, he just had little hand tattoos, and they're like, "Fuck, let's just throw bandits over it." Doesn't yeah, matter. maybe that's quite possible, actually. Um, they also, as you were pointing out, Justin, they don't ask. Like, Steve's awake and seems fine, and they don't ask him where Nico is. Like, the parents don't. Yeah, like Nico's parents don't want yeah. to come in. And by, after by the, way, the dad was like wanting to wake him up before yeah. to like ask him, and, and now he's like, like "Oh yeah, he's awake." No, I don't ask him. Now, the daughter seems to suddenly know stuff like the box wants to open and you have to want it as well. And all this stuff is like, what? How do you know this shit? Meanwhile, Mr. Brown. But this is the time that the dad tries to open it. And he's like, that's ah, too hard. He like puts it down. I was like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the first time that's ever happened. And there's also a scene there where she's doing that, saying the box wants to open. And Mr. Bradley's just eyeing up her boobs. And oh, she's yeah. looking oh, at him clearly and stroking her box. Yeah. <laughs> Until everyone obviously notices what's going on because yeah, around him is her mom, like- his wife, <laughs> standing like two feet away, yeah. <laughs> just watching her stroke the box, looking at him seduct- seductively. It's like, what is going on? Right. <laughs> and then she walks off stroking his back in yeah. front of them. Yeah. Again. After her yeah. mom's like, Abba! <laughs> Stop, stop it. having sex with your father's friends. Yeah, stop sexizing. <laughs> Fucking and it doesn't even go anywhere. It's like fair enough if this was part of the sexuality of the box and blah blah blah, but it doesn't even nothing happens. But that she takes the soup to her brother's room for the most ridiculous scene oh my in this God. entire franchise. And that's not because he has a lava lamp in the background. That's probably the best thing in the scene. Oh I like a good lava lamp. It's a pretty cool lava lamp. Uh, so she decides to drink the soup herself while he's asleep, which is weird to begin with. And then he wakes up and starts drinking it like 
like he thinks he's doing in a suggestive, sexy way. Oh, he's sexy, soup slurping. And they're drinking it like the Japanese. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? And also, what soup did they give them? There's no soup in that bowl. Yeah, because I'm like, when you get... White people are like, you want soup? They're like, here's some chicken noodle. Yeah. Here's some minestrone. It's never like pureed soup. Yeah, I'm like, did you should give broth. them miso soup? <laughs> That'd be pretty. He like comes up from a sexy slurp and there's just noodles hanging from his back. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what did you, what? You just give him broth? Basically. <laughs> yeah. There's some chicken broth. Terrible. And it just goes on and on and on. And they just on. keep sl- sl- like drinking soup back and forth. And then she seems tempted by it all. That's yeah. the, what's Hell even yeah. weirder. It's like, yeah. I think it's meant to be, again, the box has new properties in this film. It's a phone. It's like you do a little bit with it and weird things it's happen. It's an aphrodisiac. And it, yeah, it's an aphrodisiac. It seems to be like it can tell who's got a dark seed because Pinhead's going to say that later about her. Mm-hmm. You have the dark seed in you now, uh, which sounds weird. <laughs> well, um, she did have the dark seed. It was. <laughs> she did. It was Nico, her brother's. Nico or whatever. <laughs> That's what I thought he meant. Is that not what he means? Yeah, he meant Nico. Because she's preggers? No, he didn't mean literally. He didn't actually. No, no, no but he, said, oh. he, put, he put his thingy in her. He did not. Yeah, no, Nico. But he said the germ yeah. is in you. Oh, yeah, he said he germinated it in you. We'll get that, but I don't see it that way at all. That means you have but, a baby. I don't think about baby. I think it just means like you've been, you're no longer a virgin. You right. had sex with this horrible oh, I don't see dude. it that way, but yeah. we'll get that. Let's get it away. She's all tempted by a brother. He tells her he got the box and she says, oh, sorry, he says, I got you the box. She's like, oh, I love that thing. It's so cool. When I yeah. touch it, I feel... And then she trails off and he's... He's like, oh, yeah? She's like, I don't understand. You Tell will. Tell me what you feel, sister. It's, it's so good. Yeah, what is this weird shit, man? <laughs> and then he rubs a lip and then licks his finger that he's rubbed a lip with and then says, you've grown up so much. And what more does she just go, what? You're being a weird brother now. <laughs> you weird brother. I could understand like you have, you're like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time like you were my best friend and you know like oh thank you so much but then got like the moment he touches you we're like okay why are you being weird what's up dude but this is the thing i can imagine this gary tonicliffe writing this stuff and going clive will love this because this is perverse and the thing is he's right there's a way to do this stuff where it would be kind of twisted you know yeah. and you could imagine it maybe working in some yeah, way none of this not like this not I mean, with these actors not with this script not with i mean that direction <laughs> he's gotta have this, I mean, he's probably like, yeah, the way he's going to drink that soup is going to be so sexy and seductive. <laughs> uh, irresistible, irresistible soup Sorry, sister. You had to be in that room when he slurped it. So they start making out and then he just fills up her boobs. Yeah. And then she sees a vision of him ripping off her boot flesh. Yeah, her boot flesh. To which then she's like, no, this is not cool, sir. You can fill me up and make out with me, brother, but do not rip off my boot flesh. So, she so then she goes and takes a little nap. Yeah, she does. She goes and lies down. And she takes a power nap. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Pinhead's listening into everything through the phone box. Um, and He's the like, dad. Someone making soup? <laughs> I love soup. <laughs> I love soup. Is it Tom Kutzer's And then the dads decide, we're going to go outside with our gun. Women, stay there. So yeah, they, like, they just sit there bored. And then I realized, this is a very, like, sexist movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Really sexist. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was just like, man, these guys suck. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's that's just the theme. This yeah. is what it is. It's that kind of movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised the daughter wasn't having sex with her dad as well, to be honest. Like, this is just like, she's the only female who gets to do anything. And it's just because she's young and will get her boobs out pretty much. Whereas the older well, two get women. get out of her. <laughs> you got to do nothing. They just get to sit there crying and whimpering the whole time. But her dads can't see anyone out there. And then they hear something. And hey, it's the vagrant. Now, the vagrant slash derelict has never interfered really before. No. In the first one, he followed Ashley around just to collect the box once business was done. But that's it. He sold people the box. That's about it. 
seller and collector. Yeah. Not an interferer. But here he interferes. So Bradley takes the gun, threatens him, and a vagrant says, he's here, the one who escaped, and they will have him again. So Bradley shoots him, and then all the girls run outside. For no reason. But the dad screams at them, get back inside! (laughs) This is not for your eyes. Watch from inside. (laughs) Yeah. And then a vagrant stands up again, cuts Bradley's face, uh, with just like one cut across the forehead, it looks like. Yeah, it looked like he was like just peeling around the outside. Yeah, as Mister Brad, uh, sorry, as Mister no anything just watches. Yeah, he literally just did it, and he's a big dude. Yeah, like he looks like and he can the take care of himself. Still on the ground. Well, that's kind of what his son did too when Nico was being attacked. That's true. He just stood there, so he true. comes by it honestly. Well, no, Nico filmed it as well. At least he was getting well, some yeah. good footage. Yeah, that's well, he was probably like, oh. like, you know what they need? They need some of these sound bites for the next Hellworld game. So he was uh, yeah. shooting what he could. He was probably just like, wait, if he dies, then his wife. One of us, but I have two wives <laughs> and a sexy two wives daughter. And a sexy daughter. daughter. <laughs> Do oh, your sorry. thing, vagrant. <laughs> sorry, man, I can't. I can't. I can't save you, dude. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Yeah, and then he leaves hey, his shotgun my, outside. Yeah, he, well, maybe he's having like, oh, this vagrant will pick up the shotgun and kill him, finish the job. <laughs> and then the vagrant just walks away yeah. and Craven helps Bradley with inside. Face. Yeah, with, with a very, piece of his face. <laughs> <laughs> he helps him inside with very different cuts on his face. And this is, I think Gary Tunnicliffe normally does a really good job. This is terrible. This is real bad. It's just someone's face and they just put things on it. Yeah. Like there's no, it doesn't feel like his face is cut up at all. So they just shake the camera around as much as you can to mm-hmm. not see it. And his whatever Craven's wife like just completely overacts this entire oh, scene. She... Holy crap! So then she's asked to excuse to be excused from the scene because <laughs> the like ladies get out. Yeah, he's like, first I wanted you to stay inside while you watch your husband's face being massacred, and then now I'm going to tell you to go in the other room while I can just <laughs> sit here and put my head in my hands and be like, oh shit. I left my gun outside and the front door open. Right. The vagrant could just walk right back in. But instead, Steve walks back in with the gun all chipper now. He shoots his dad, or who we think is his dad at least. And then he uh, tries. His dad goes, in the careful, gut. it's loaded. Oh, yeah? Bah! <laughs> <laughs> and then he tries oh. to take the room hostage in a scene that, again, you can see in his head, he's like, yeah, I'm acting. I'm going to do things um, now. Here, so... uh he says, shut the fuck up, little girl. <laughs> he does. To yeah. Emma. To Emma. Which I'm glad someone said it. Yeah, for real. And then he goes on about, they do this whole thing about like. The grown-ups are talking now. But he does this whole thing about like, we, we wanted to get away. It's all this boring and like infidelities and boring like hypocrites, hypocrite, uh, hypocritical things that your parents are doing. It's like, I hate this shithole. There's nowhere town. We had to get out of generica. You live in LA. I know. It's not a little nowhere town. There's yeah, lots it's to do. G- it's Generica, USA. It's in the heart of Los Angeles. Like, there's a million things you could say I hate about LA, you know? Everyone's which would so be fine fake. In which would speech. make more sense. Yeah. Everyone's so fake. Like but you they make it sound like it's boobs. a little middle of America nowhere town. Yeah. You want to like talk we about bored. generic? How about the plan to go to Mexico? To, no, no, no. <laughs> we've seen the footage we know it wasn't like a big plan right. it was like him gone but like i guess now we're getting nico's reason why he took him away it was like well we right. wanted to do something yeah because they wanted to know but they weren't planning to kill people they wanted to know no. why did nico want to leave why? why did they want to go he had everything well they just but they just went for a his party dad literally weekend. says at one point he had the world on a string i know yeah. stop it 
<sighs> My boy had the world on the string. But <laughs> yeah, this this isn't you, Stephen. This isn't you talking. To which Stephen says, that's the first sensible thing I've heard you say all night. It should be a tense, incredible moment of, oh my mm. God, what's going to happen? Everyone knows by this point, bro. I'm just like, Everybody. Then we get flashbacks to Stephen walking down more back alleys, picking up more sexy hookers, including a Mexican one now this time, I think. And Nico is following him, bandaged in the hoodie, which is really what Frank should have done with Julia. And follows him to the girl's apartment. Steve's then killing the girl when he hears a baby crying. So, he stops and Nico says, like, you should do it. I'm sorry. Nico tries to get him to do it, but he won't do it. So, then he walks out and listens to Nico killing both the girl and the baby. Confirmation, Nico's a prick. Oh, yeah. That's pretty what that scene tells you. Hookers are okay to kill, but only if they don't have babies. Yeah. And in that case, you have to kill both the hooker and the baby. Yes. Obviously. And how terrible a hooker she is. She just went out street, well, back who alley hooking. Who brings leaving. weird guys back to your but house? But she left the baby in the house. Yeah. Oh, well, baby. You, know, you ever heard that song? Uh, what you gonna do when your son's at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's lonely? Oh yeah, God. it's a... It's a weird song that came out a long time ago I man. do not know that song uh, I'll play it for you after this is it worse for <laughs> click her? on the link below to listen to the song <laughs> <laughs> is it worse for her to leave her baby and go out street hooking or back alley hooking or is it worse for her to do that and then bring someone back to that house it's like uh, I think bringing weird people back to your house is worse I think it's just all terrible well, it's also terrible. Yeah. it's terrible it's idea. poor Stevie boy he's been doing this for a while probably we saw how many bodies it takes to bring back people yeah. like Julia in the second one there's a whole bunch of bodies and it, he, he never gets to have full sex Steve's just going out making out with girls then maybe this kill is him. when Steve realizes he's actually gay maybe and he's always been gay for Nico and he's that's like, why he's really so upset that explains why they'd be friends and he's yeah. like you're never gonna put out I'm well, the only one now you don't even have your own love. skin. Yeah, yeah why well, isn't you like there should be some little Frank and Julia thing between him and Nico and yeah. like making out with the blood and all that shit? Those actors were like, nah. <laughs> we're not doing <laughs> that, bro. Do not bros. <laughs> we're just two cool bros living our cool bro lives. Uh, so, that's okay. So, this is where we're going to muddle up the law completely. <laughs> and it's going to piss me off. Because <laughs> Nico asked him, he said, look. Just bring me a man so I can take his skin. Mm-hmm. So these are people, again, who have misunderstood. They've watched the first film or fast forwarded at least through the first film and misunderstood what's going on there. That that he was Frank was going to get his skin back if he killed enough people. Right. And that Julia does get her skin back once you kill enough people. But because, as we established in our first podcast, he was in a rush. He just like used the father's skin. So it's just like, no, he just, just he doesn't doesn't well, need a guy whose skin to use i think he was just meaning like i if you're not going to bring me more hookers to blood right. or bleed out that just bring me one guy like just bring me one person right okay <laughs> I guess she's like, sexy hooker skin uh, <laughs> and that's where he goes that would have been really funny yeah and he goes oh dude <laughs> this is my <laughs> baby because he was the gigolo for the whole time he's just like steve's <laughs> yeah. going out getting girls he's like oh man i want to keep having a hookup with girls he's like all right, see those I'm gonna test you, my best friend. Pull a guy, man. <laughs> no, that is the. And then he's like, "I'm not gay." That face that he would have done great. Steve would have done. Oh, right. I know. That's why I was like, when they were in the bar or in the strip club, I was like, "He's way too pretty." Like in Mexico, they would have eaten him alive. <laughs> so yeah, Steve refuses to do any more killings. So Nico 
takes his skin instead. But while he's still With alive. With a switchblade. Very frank. He's yeah, doing very, very, very nice odes to things. So he's now revealed to the room that he is not Sne- Steve, but in fact Sneed. Nico. Steve! <laughs> and Steve is in hell. And everyone seems to accept this pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly this dad who the shot. The dad's like, I knew it. <laughs> My son would never shoot me in the belly, you coward. <laughs> Literally and then it turns delivery. out in a completely unnecessary twist that Mrs. Bradley was fucking the shot dad, Mr. Craven. Which is just like, we have, don't have enough soap opera things in here yet. So let's check in some more. Um, and then he asked for the box from the daughter. It's like, well, can you just have taken it? Like, it's in the house. It's not like it's under lock and yeah, key. Also, you didn't need to shoot or kill anyone to get the box no. back, you <laughs> fucking idiot. I mean, he's clear. Yeah, he's angry about stuff, but still... And then he, he's saying he wants to call them. He literally uses the box as a phone metaphor. Like, I want yeah. to call them and do a trade. And also, he's like, guess what? Your daughter kissed your son. Yeah. And it's like, no, because you're in his skin. So, technically, to- I'm not a weirdo. Yeah, she's like, I'm not <laughs> um, a weirdo. I knew there was something different. I knew it wasn't. I thought it might have been you, Nico. You were my boyfriend. I knew you were my boyfriend because you'd use the same moves. The stupid, <laughs> creepy. Same suit move. Always with the suit move. <laughs> Always suit. trying to grab my tit off. Yeah. Always trying to rip a tit. <laughs> well, then he says something about like Emma having to be the one to open it because she's so innocent. Mm-hmm. And I was like. That's he, not how it works. That's not true either, though, because he's deflowered her a long while back. Well, and, and it's not even about if you're innocent or not. I know, it's but about I'm just desire. saying, like, none of this is working out. But they said hands do not open the box. Desire does. He should want her to not be innocent. He should be like, I want a nice, young, slutty one. Yep. You'll do. But the sister comes back and stabs him, so he smacks her in the face. Um, yeah, with the butt of the shotgun, yeah. like, your face is broken. <laughs> yep. <laughs> your teeth are out. <laughs> Definitely can't talk after that, which would be wonderful. And then he sits her in the middle of the room on some candles just on a table um, and forces her to open the box. So she does. And then Pinhead and Pseudo Pinhead turn up. And we have the confusing this for me because, yeah, Pseudo Pinhead is played by Nico, but he's actually meant to be Steven. And Steven's played by Steven, but he's actually meant to be Nico. <laughs> oh. ah! And then they got Chomp Chomp again. Female Chomp Chomp. Yeah, and then they rip open Mrs. Bradley's throat because she tries to intervene, and then she won't Pinhead's shut refusing up. the trade because only Kirsty Cotton and I do trade. I was gonna say <laughs> you're thinking of the other Pinhead, and you're not Kirsty. You're out of luck. You got me. Don't tell me. Wait. Weird. I do not like your bargains. <laughs> Instead, I will. I can have more souls, but you know, uh, just not going to. English Pinhead would do bargains. American oh, yeah. Pinhead, no, no, no. So yeah, they chain Nico up, and he. Just whines like a little bitch. He's just like, oh my God, he's such a baby. I just, yeah, I mean, whenever this pin is back on the scene, I'm just, it physically hurts. It really does. It feels like someone in, albeit very good, pleasure, but it feels like a a cosplayer. It it does. It feels like someone did very good cosplay. Yeah, if you saw this guy at like a convention, you'd be like, dude, that's really good. I don't want to see you act in an actual no. Hellraiser, but you did a good your job. Your face and your acting is terrible, but your makeup, you did a good job. Well yeah. done. Um, so here's where he promises what we were talking about earlier, the daughter sister, that one day they will see each other again because she has a dark seed in her. See, I totally got that because she and Nico had sex that she was pregnant with his kid. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I, get just that. I just got it was she hooked up with him, but also like from the box, it awoke in her like weird sexual desires to like infidelity like her dad did or whatever yeah i got a bit more like that like for me it was you have the darkness in you yeah you're lusty has girl. been awoken just from this experience essentially yeah. 
that we look for in people. So like you will come to us eventually because things in this world aren't going to be enough for you. That's how I saw it as like you are on the road that Frank was on and everybody yeah, else she was on. like, this box is so cool. Yeah, it calls yeah. out to me and it speaks to me because, you know. Because look has, at my shirt. Look at my shirt. It's like, not my daughter. I mean, look at Shara, man. She's well on her way. She is pretty slutty. And then a wounded father shoots Nico and then... Yeah, why? It doesn't make any sense of why. Like, dude, you're about to die. Just get your family out of he there. He should have been dead already. Yeah, like, really. his death should not have lasted this long. And then the pin is all pissed. He's like, this denies us our joy. So we have to take someone. Blah, blah, blah. He talks for a long time here. <laughs> he, does, he goes on and on and on. So then they take his wife. Hey, better latex than the very first film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they pull her slowly, screaming backwards into, I think, darkness? Or did they just yeah. fade to black and post? They just like, fade to black and post. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. And her father's crying into his daughter's arms. And then it all suddenly goes back to normal. And she hugs her father at the end. A few brief nip slips here. Yep. And then he dies. And then he dies because he's like, oh, no, my daughter is a whore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my wife is... In the middle of us, some fucked up BDSM yep. right now. She's having a good time. With demons. Yeah. So he then, dies and gets to be normal death and not have to be trapped there for eternity. Well, his wife does. And their other friend is dead. But now he's just in hell with Nico. Yep. Well, is that where he is? Because he's outside of the box. So when you die, like, normally. Yeah, but you, it's just like the Cenobites just take you to a different level of hell. But he's still a bad guy. No. Cheated on his wife. Yeah, but does, but does he go with them? Because I no. mean, people like he doesn't. But he goes to another hell. Okay. He goes to his own hell. Yeah, which He'll is be in a room of beds that come He'll out with, with naked women under the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And candles that are inflammable. His friends or his neighbor and his wife just keep showing up, and he can't have a sex with the wife. He gets blue balled basically. <laughs> so then we get. One of the worst, the worst thing horror films could do in their final moments. We get the lead girl then. She's the only one alive. She grabs the box, looks at the camera as if she's about to open it with a little smile and end credits. It's so weird. Like Pinhead's final line to her is literally just like, whenever... Whenever you're ready, I was seriously waiting for him to be like, "Call me." Yeah, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> like ring. Like, let's be Facebook friends. Huh? What is happening? Where like, he's he like, opens his phone. He's like, I Ooh, feel a little something here between us. Do you feel it? Yeah, you feel Do it. Do you feel that? You give me a call sometime. Do you feel? Uh, call me on my speaker box. <laughs> oh my god! You know the number. You know my number. <laughs> We uh, did it, guys. We did it. We got through a podcast in an hour and a half. It's compared to a normal two hours twenty minutes. Oh, it's nice. so bad. This film is a masterpiece. So, I mean, look, obviously, it's got the lowest on IMDb so far in the franchise. It is hugely hated by the Hellraiser community. There are very few people who stand up for it, but there are a few people who do. But it is loathed by the community. Now, you can imagine why it would be loathed anyway, just for replacing Doug Bradley. It's going to get you hated. But there are obviously plenty of other reasons here. For people to be pissed off about but i'm interested in how you guys feel about this movie and where on earth do you hope it goes after this we're in hell <laughs> <laughs> justin how did you feel about revelations and what are you hoping for next friday in our last other than our wrap-up episode <laughs> our last <laughs> entry in the Hellraiser series for now oh it's been quite the journey al white this is um, your last chance for hope for something and maybe you'll get it yeah i don't i don't know i mean i've gotten everything now i think my desires <laughs> you got have your been, space you got your my, video games all my desires have been fulfilled i need to leave this earthly world to find more fulfilling 
There's Disaster. a box just here for you. Yeah. It's puzzle box. I got also this picture. I'll be right back. I'm going to take this picture in this box and go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> go kill a hooker. I tell you what, the box that was on our table, we have, yeah, like I think we said on the other podcast, this box that I bought through eBay for this person who puts it together with real mahogany, real um, it looks like metal, really good. and he puts it together from the original designs of the box. It looked in this one, this film, I think they just bought this box off eBay because it looks exactly the same in this film on all the clothes. Theirs did not look this good. Yeah, it did not look this good. I think yours was nicer. Yeah, <laughs> theirs was cheaply made. Yeah, for sure. What did I think of this movie? Well, it was kind of interesting off the bat. I was like, oh, and then when we got the found fish, I was like, oh, shit. And then they started talking more. I was like, okay, maybe it's going to change. And then it was just like a soap opera meets adult film that they that's like they had an adult film script and they were like how do we make a Hellraiser movie well we have these adult film scripts well let's just scrap out all the sex part we'll kind of still have like some of the themes in it because you know Hellraiser the new pinhead was just terrible it made me really angry every time I saw him and I went just shut the fuck up <laughs> and it was just yeah overall the entire revelations I was disappointed <laughs> That is a repeating feeling, I think, that you're yeah. getting from this series. Yeah. It made me want to smash a hooker's head in on the toilet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, want no. Make me want to kill a hooker's baby. Yeah. No, no. It was, I mean, for the time frame given and the budget, tune this really quick, it's all right. <laughs> Not, that's a real stretch for it because I could have done better with a little bit of time and money. Yeah, I don't know, man. They They just... Mm, I don't know. I can't really think of anything that's super redeeming for it, to be honest. What did I actually enjoy? Tijuana? <laughs> I say Tijuana. Tijuana. Okay. You know what? Actually, it did hit the things that I wanted. I wanted like a road trip. And I also wanted adventure. And something that's like funny. I didn't have to take serious. This was it. I laughed a lot. So it was actually enjoyable for me to laugh at. It wasn't like... I mean, they were some of them were trying hard, but it was just audio level, levels were like peaking and just a lot of it was ridiculous the shotgun blast worked like the way they cut that was like oh that worked like where he just straight point black shoots the dad i was like oh that was cool it didn't work and he didn't die yeah i mean it didn't work (laughs) but like the way they cut it i was like how are you gonna shoot an actor point blank with like a live round or prop round and i didn't notice like anything from that so that was cool like i kind of like the stripper lesbian Cenobites in the back that we briefly saw. I was like, like two seconds. what's their story? We want to see their story. Hey, what's up, girl? Hi, hi. Yeah, Ain't everything else was just cool. unbearable. I have to give this like a 2.8. <laughs> 2.8? You can't do 0.8. I'm going to give it what IMDb gave it. <laughs> uh, 2.5 for sure. What do you want then from the future? And your last one that you're going to get until who knows when we return to this series. I want something that a lot more run around like I, I want them to try to get away rather than just be like whoa what's happening but they didn't have a car Justin that's true they're in LA <laughs> what are they gonna do that's true. everything's really far in LA so you don't have a car you're kind of just shit out of luck yeah I want more of a chase I want more suspense I also I want like better actors <laughs> that's asking for a lot that is well, how about, how about a much. better babe main girl yeah 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 well because yeah to be honest even if the lee if the daughter had just the same charisma even as her dad who just looked like a soap opera dad but was fine yeah you know, it would have been or slightly more bearable. right her as 
you're just an angsty teen girl. I'm like, are you in high school or early college? Like, what's your, are you just a young mom? What's your <laughs> demographic here? Are you the mistress? <laughs> yes, she was. All right, Katie. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It is hard to judge this without considering the fact of their restrictions and limitations um, because I do find it admirable that, I mean, but it's it's become kind of a sad line of ours that we're like, it is a film and that is something. Like, that shouldn't be on your pro list when you've made a film. Like, it'd be like, but I did it. It's like, you're not five. You're not presenting this to your mother. Like, you're putting this out into the big bad world. And just to hold on to rights, yeah, this was, I guess, passable. If, if this is like a D minus if someone was to, you know, give you a grade on it. But it's literally like I have an exam on Monday and it's Sunday night and <laughs> I have to cram all of this stuff. Like you definitely feel the the rush of this film from casting to location to story. What I will say that is a pro for this is that I did, I really liked the tributes. Like I liked that you could tell it was at least written by somebody who understood the legacy and the mythos of things and those things I they didn't always land but at the same time I appreciated that they were even there so it's hard because obviously I didn't like this in its entirety but I don't know where I would put it in my list just because it's I mean there have just been so many that are just not good and this is definitely in the not good category but it's like how much worse not good is this than some of the other ones but it's it was it's a struggle i think to rate this one but i'm putting it down with my lowest at the moment which is hellseeker which i gave a 2.5 okay whoa you then, put hellseeker at two i'm just kidding yeah and then Surprising. what is your hope oh i got my sort of got my cenobite strippers i got cenobite hookers <laughs> I don't know. Let's do a Western theme. <laughs> I'll just put it out there. I don't. I because I don't really have any desires for this. Okay. Except for us to be done with it. <laughs> it has to be done. It will be done. Oh, actually, I want to put on record that I want explosions in this. Oh boy! You got explosions last time you asked for them. So am I an explosion? Am I, my desire is going to be fulfilled. Kind of wrong. I want there to the be box, flesh yeah, of the flesh. As you may know, I like to tease out the next film in the last few seconds of the podcast. Yeah, we'll excellent. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. It's like you're saying the problem is is that there's kind of like three realities here. Yeah, One is, yes, like you're saying, the fact that when you know the backstory of how they had to make it, what they found out, the money that they had, like under a tenth of what Hellworld had, you know? There's actually some impressive things here in terms of this director can do all right. Like I would say this director is a better director than Rick Bota. I believe that, and particularly in visual storytelling. Like he creates, he can do more interesting things even though he had under a tenth the amount of money that Hellworld and Deader and Hellseeker had. If this guy had five million, and I've seen films where he's had five million, like Return on House of Haunted Hill, like Mirrors 2, he can do a decent job and a better visual job than Rick Boda. What he can't do is direct acting. And what they're given here in that fast turnaround time is obviously terrible acting and almost chance to hire the right people. So this is really a film that it's it's so hard to judge because it's obviously fucking terrible. Like, it's obviously fucking terrible. But yes, I do think there's 
some talent going on behind the camera considering the restraints that they had. It's just not really evident in this film because of how it was made. However, that said, as well, on the third flip side of all of it is the fact that, yeah, you, we've been asking for lots of things and this film is the only one to do them. Right. Like it is when you're looking at it on paper and you're like, oh, this film's about, you know, these kids who find this box in Mexico and then they open it up and then one of them starts turn, turn, doing a Frank and has to be brought back. And the parents are dealing with the loss of their kids and then they sort of bring that back with them to their parents' house. It's like, all right, you, that sounds like what a lot of people have wanted with Hellraiser. It's just the acting. But everything about this is terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, poor execution. So, it's like the intention of the... And I'm, I'm not even going to say the screenwriting was good, but the intention of the screenwriting, I think it's good. But the script is bad. The acting's terrible. The lighting's horrible. The music is better than the last one. Uh, maybe in the last couple. Uh, no, it definitely helps me. There are a couple I've hated the music on. This was fine. Uh, ignorable for the most part. It's a horrible movie. Horrible, horrible movie. I get why people hate it. And the real just nail in the coffin is, of course, Doug Bradley not being there. Like, if this movie was this movie with Doug Bradley, you would be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Doug Bradley. <laughs> Because at least the other ones, you could tell there's some money behind them. But he would make it better by being in it. He would make it better, I think. But yeah, it, it he would still just make would be everyone like, try harder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, honestly, maybe having some legacy like that and actors not finding out halfway through shooting, oh, this is just to keep a license. Like, right. maybe that would affect that stuff, you know? They, they were probably just like, no one's going to say this, so who cares? Anyways, I don't need to prep my work. It's like that one guy who's like, well got all these plays and stuff i'll just wing it <laughs> yeah exactly but for me where i want it then i mean yeah how low i'm putting it this is right right at the bottom and again it's hard because the intentions are better than i think the most of them but the execution is the worst yet yeah. i think like by far but then where do i want it to go next well again i'm the only one of us who has seen judgment this is the brand new film. It is just out recently. It came out 3rd of February. We're going to be talking about it next Friday. Where I'd like that to go, though, if I didn't necessarily know anything, is, yeah, I think to do space. what you did. You got your license. Now reboot it. Take your time. Get it right. You know, you bought yourself some extra time. Get it right. Bring in who you need to. Do something new with it. And, yeah, refresh everything. Yeah, do like reboot. Like, you know, the two, the, the early animated series where everyone's blue. <laughs> yes, I remember that. They, I remember that. Uh, yeah, just reboot. In the meantime, if you want to listen to more of us discussing other franchises, such as Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> Miles Play, uh, Danny Boyle, and weekly, well, every other week where we talk about just video games and movies, then you can head on over to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com. You can head out to all the social media is directly through that website you can almost also email us through that website or just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com say yeah. anything hey send us a mail that'd be pretty cool that would be pretty cool what else can you do while you're there you can hit our twitch channel and future proof yourself sure by subscribing. Can. you can also hit the little black tab that says we're tesla they'll take you to a publisher they're a production company run out of london la and tokyo and we just made our first feature film called starfish which i wrote and direct uh, albums and other stuff that's coming music you can learn all about that stuff man you sure can especially if you follow us on our own personal social medias i am mr al white m i sorry m i m r are you al white m r al white going through a little crisis there oh man i'm buying these films taking a toll it does it hurt when you think it does hurt when i think yep mr al white on all social medias and on xbox katie watson i'm at my dearest watson on instagram I post pictures of food and puppies and classic cars. Yes, you do. Justin. I-T-S-R-A-D-L-E-Y. It's Radley. 
So you can join us next Friday where we're going to be doing our final podcast in the series, which will be about Hellraiser Judgment. Woo-hoo! Wait, <laughs> did you say it's the final Hellraiser with Josh, with Josh Whedon? Josh Whedon? Josh Whedon? No, I did not. Well, guys, stay tuned next Friday. We got Josh, Josh Whedon! And we are out! Hellraiser Firefly. <laughs> Um, and then the week after that we will be doing our normal wrap up where we'll be talking through all the films and lots of other stuff around them place them in order all that fun stuff now guys I'd like to tease you for what's going to be happening next week every time I'm going to tell you three facts about how we judgment first fact is it's going to have basically the same budget as this one Uh, fuck second fact is it is going to be written again by Gary Tunnicliffe no Oh, shit, man. God damn it, Gary. Damn it. As an addendum to that. Damn it, Gary. Damn it. As an addendum to that, it's not only going to be written by him. It's going to be directed by Gary Tunnicliffe. Oh, Do shit. Do they not have Gary. anyone left? But yeah. Gary's just standing alone. And we are going to have one theme return to the franchise and then one new thing head into it. So the returning theme is going to be detectives. Oh, shit. Well, this is going to be interesting. And the brand new theme that we're going to be getting in Hellraiser Judgment is bureaucracy uh, in hell. What? Bureaucracy oh, in hell? Oh. Next week, Hellraiser Judgment, the 10th and as of Boring. this moment, final Hellraiser film. It is just six minutes longer than this. One hour, 21 minutes. Oh, shit. Someone shoot me in the foot. <laughs> I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now on IMDb, it has a higher score than this week's. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that next Friday. Until then, we're out. Geeks. Geeks. Ah, geeks. That's excitable.